are back, Twinster. Yes, we are. Unreal. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it's been an eternity, hasn't it? It has been. It has been. I think I'd written it down. 16th of November was the last episode. That's crazy. A lot has happened. It's June, for goodness sake. I know. Literally, the year's flown in, though, to be fair. I know it's probably for any listeners that have been trying to check out some shows, it maybe feels like an eternity since a show's been put up, but the year has gone really quickly. The schedules of fair cranked up. The games came quick and fast. And now most of it's over. Well, for me, it's over anyway, but you're, where are you just now? Tell us. Well, I'm currently in Belfast with the national team, but um, I flew back from the US on Sunday into Monday, or Monday into Tuesday, and in true fashion, like always seems to be the case for me, I missed my connection in Heathrow, so I'm currently waiting in my room in isolation, and not allowed out until I have my COVID test results, which are also delayed, so that's been fun. So this has been the room where everything's happening which brings me PTSD from I think when we started this show and I had the assault bike in the back of the kitchen which just looked at me every morning and probably gave me the fear most days. Yeah I was going to say is that if you almost get used to that over the course of the last 14 months there has been periods in, in time that you've had to endure moments like this? I think yeah I mean I've definitely had my fair share of 10 day isolation stints just with back and forth which you know, isn't that's not I'm not moaning about it. I'm obviously very fortunate that I've been able to play as much as I have and get back to playing so early, I think. But obviously the isolation period's probably the worst bit of it all. And I yeah, I don't know that you it's not so much I think you get used to it, but I think you start to know the feeling. So then you're ready you're a bit more prepared for what it entails. But hopefully um results will come tonight and I'll be I'll be on the move again and able to at least join in with training. But um, obviously, last week there was obviously the, the positive test in the men's squad, and the, you know it's just so easy to to take the precautions, but still have um, these incidents that can still happen. So you have to follow the rules, which we're doing. So that's always good. Well, one thing we've got in common is that we're both recording this episode from a hotel room. So <laughs> not tell me where you are. <laughs> not Belfast, but Staffordshire. Uh, yeah, I'm university practical week so that pretty much tagged straight on to the, the back of the season ending and I was straight down here on Monday I'm here till Friday uh, it's an intense week it's just part of the course and the only kind of two weeks during both semesters that you need to do a practical week so here I am back to some sort of student life although some may argue that living in a nice hotel and getting room services not quite <laughs> the student life <laughs> but uh, yeah it's I a thought, bit more luxury than my days I think <laughs> yeah I thought if I'm going to do it I need to do it right and, and enjoy it whilst I'm here so no it's, it's been busy and full on I'm looking forward to getting it in the bag and, and getting back up the road on, on Friday with loads of football to, to keep an eye on so tell us a bit more you've got the two friendlies coming up which is why you're in Belfast with the, the team tell us a bit more about that yeah, so um, double header really last opportunity for the squad to to be together before the World Cup qualifiers start in September. I think is the next window. So um, it's a bit of an important ten day period of preparation. I think you would say um, 
So Northern Ireland was the first game and obviously we have Wales on Tuesday night, which is always a tough game. You know, both games are always tough. I think it's, well, it's one of those ones where ranking's not quite as um, probably telling as it might be in other, other fixtures that you might play at national team level. I think when you play the home nations, there's always a bit of an extra edge to it. And, you know, I think all the teams know each other pretty well in terms of there's crossover at club level and a number of players that have been involved for a while. So it's good games to have. And, you know, I wasn't certain, I think, as well, that I was going to definitely be able to be here playing over in, in the States at the moment and with everything going on. So it was nice to also be able to join up with the team and um, and be, be back on the pitch and, and be with the girls. I think we're still a group that's working hard to to sort of repair the damage, I guess, from what happened at the end of last year. So there's a lot of work that needs done and it's, like I say, it's good to be back. And there's some new faces as well, which I think is always a good thing. It brings an added edge to sort of that competitiveness and, and also just brings a freshness about the group, which, of course, I haven't been able to enjoy so much because I've been <laughs> been locked away. And I think um, Christy Grimshaw, who's one of the other ones who's travelled to plays over in Italy with AC Milan, she's... She's been in a similar boat, although she has managed to, I think, um, today was the first day she got her boots on. So that's that's always good to get your first session under the belt. It's, it is a good opportunity, both games, just to get a feel for probably where the team's at and, and certainly build for the, the future. Can you see the girls that have come in just now as well having an impact in this camp and getting that opportunity to, to freshen the team up and add maybe like a new dynamic and a new feel to the squad? hope so um I think um as I say I haven't I haven't met most of them I think I've, I've passed Eartha Eartha coming from the corridor yesterday and um I was sneaking out to grab a well I wasn't sneaking out I was grabbing a bottle of water that was sitting outside my room and she went by and it so it's one of those awkward ones because you have to just sneak back into the room and you're like hi um <laughs> So I hope these players, but players like her and I think Riedi's other one who's come in, who's one of, been involved at youth level with the national team setup. You know, um, I think these are opportunities where it's great that they can can be a part of the team whilst it's just ahead of the qualifiers beginning because you know there's no grace grace period with those. You don't you have to be at it from the get go. There's no easier games as you would say. Obviously, some games are easier per se than others but there's no easy games so it's it's good that I think these girls will get an opportunity in this window to at least um see and not just on the pitch but being in the national team it's, it's also about the environment being around it day to day and again it's very different to club club football like that and with the COVID restrictions too I think it's even harder I think even the right the players who've been here multiple times find it um tough you know it's single rooms which there's obviously a luxury to the fact you have your own room but then there's that side of it you miss just the social side you miss that aspect of having a connection to the rest of the team you know especially if you're new mm. normally your your roommate kind of takes you under their wing as such I find it an absolute stress when you're in a room on your own because then you're like is it is it <laughs> you're dead sure it, you've missed the meeting yeah is it definitely <laughs> an eight o'clock meeting oh no is it checking the itinerary checking the messages sitting waiting waiting to hear an, a door opening a door closing like footsteps in the corridor um, and the itinerary changes 57 times so yeah. 
and we've spoke about being a young player and arriving at camp and stuff anyway before, haven't we? Like it's it is a stress yeah. and it's intimidating regardless of how nice people are to you. You're just absolutely terrified. I know. So yeah, but hopefully they've been made, made to feel welcome. Yeah. I know well, that Chloe Arthur was knocking on the door seeing if some of the girls wanted a cup of tea. So there's some there's some good eggs in the camp. <laughs> well, that's good to know. <laughs> Well, be oh, looking yeah. forward to keeping across those games and, and seeing how the, the team get on and me being on the other side of the, the fence now, I get to look at it from a different perspective and uh, I'm you looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking I'm forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Are you doing yeah. the commentary? Um, I'm not this week. I think it's pretty full on just because the, the Euros is on the horizon as well with that yeah. kicking off. Um, but I'll be back up the road and certainly when the qualifying group starts in September then Hopefully I'll be across it, whether that's in, in commentary or out of the games and just being an absolute cheerleader. Supporting Scotland. <laughs> what a dream. Absolutely. Um, great. Well, let's, whilst you may be not here at camp, you have been playing um, and you had a bit of a big game on the weekend that you can... Yeah, I mean, just a small that. matter of... 14 in a row, I think. <laughs> small matter. Small matter. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Thank you. Business, Thank business you. as usual. Glasgow's <laughs> orange and black, thankfully. Uh, yeah, no, it was, I mean, it, it's been a strange season. It's been a condensed season. I think we've played 14 games in the space of 10 weeks, which is probably the norm for a lot of clubs like across Europe and America and whatever that you'll have seen of late. So it's been full on, the schedule's been busy. Yep. Everybody's kind of played their part at, at certain times. For me, it's probably been a bit up and down, like in and out the, the team, which has been tough because I hate hate not playing. Like I'm the worst yep. sub in the world. Um, that feeling of having no control over certain moments is it's just the worst thing ever. But I mean, credit to the, the team. We had a strong squad this season, I think, after that defeat back in December to Rangers and then they shut down again and we eventually get back up and running. I think we had managed to put together a, a really strong group. Everybody had a part to play. Um, it was almost like the quickest integration period that you could ask for. Maybe the the games as, as condensed as they were turned into quite a good thing because ultimately that was the only time that you were actually getting to spend with your teammates was at, was at games other than the players that lived together in, in flats and they're in their own bubbles but if you were out with that you um, you never seen too much of people so no it was yeah. it was an incredible run we put together we, we should have and, and could have wrapped it up a bit sooner than last day of the season but I think in, in terms of the women's game and where that's at it was probably a good thing you know it added that bit of spice to any neutral that was following it any you know side of the old firm that, that felt that they could you know maybe tip us at, at the very end so everybody was was almost emotionally invested in it and, and the Glasgow City faithful always kept the belief that that we could do it and get over the line and certainly on Sunday the team started the game really well and, and got that quick start within I think it was 12 and a half minutes got the goal that you know gave us that bit of a cushion because we knew a point was enough and we haven't conceded too many goals over the course of these these probably last nine or ten games so put ourselves in a good place and eventually got there and you know for a lot of people I think seven out of the starting 11 it was the first title they had won three players that were on the bench it was their first title so as much as you look at it and, and we know what 14 in a row means 
for a lot of players yeah. it was a new experience which you know you've got to credit as well yeah I mean I'm I will say I'm, I'm obviously not a neutral but it, it was good I think I think just because I'm an advocate for the women's game I want it to get better in Scotland I want it to be more competitive it was great that it it sort of went the distance and I think there was you know as well in the past there's it's there's been a couple sort of two teams which means there's one one kind of fixture throughout the season mm-hmm. that becomes the big game whereas now that Celtic and Rangers have, have added a depth to their squads and have taken a bit more of a serious stance to their women's programme it's I think that's much better on a number of levels and I hope other teams around that you know I think Hibs probably feel they've had a disappointing season but I hope that they recognise why perhaps they have slipped down the table to where they would want themselves to be at mm-hmm. and and that can make it closer. Yeah, I mean, when you um, look at it, I think over the evening, the running, or going back to that game in December, Rangers went top of the league on goal difference and, and then during that time, Celtic had, you know, even if it was only a couple hours at the top of the table when it changed before we would play in terms of the kickoff times, but... Never really over the course of my time at Glasgow City, we probably ever not been either joint top or top of the league. And, and of course, Hibs have pushed us really close in, in certain seasons, but it's almost come down to those head-to-head games where we've never really been off the top. So that was a, a, a different feeling psychologically. That's a different approach as a Glasgow yeah. City player. You know, you've it's not in your hands in, in certain moments. But I think we adapted to that and, and we really showed the, the togetherness that we had and, and the quality, you know, to get the job done. And, and maybe other teams fell away in the sense that, you know, you can have a, a good group of talented players, but more often than not, you do need that blend of, of experience and, you know, knowing how to get the job done and never taking for granted that, you know, just because you're top of the league at one point in the season, you're going to remain there. You know, it's a different mindset to really come through and, and finish a winner. Credit to Celtic, I think they finished the, the season really strong. Took points from us, um, beat Rangers three times over the course and really, you know, were hanging on in there and, and effectively could have taken it from us. So I think, you know, they finished with a Champions League spot and deservedly so. And I think for Rangers, it's it's back to the drawing board because what at one point looked like it, it could have been a historic season it has ended for them and not disaster because I think you've got to give credit where credit's due to other teams but certainly they've fallen out with those Champions League spots and I think for that a club of that size it was was probably really important that they at least tried to secure that um, so yeah, next season should be good you know it's it, hopefully as you say I'm an advocate for the women's game as well and I want to see it improve and I want there to be competition I want other teams to step up to the mark I don't want yeah. there to just be two or three fixtures in a, a league season that are the ones that that people are, are looking at you know let's make it as competitive as we possibly can but as long as Glasgow City keep winning we'll, we'll be fine <laughs> yeah um, I'm, go- I'm going to just throw it in here too I think Aberdeen and obviously they say what I think it's called SWPL2 SWPL2 flying and they're flying and I would love to see them promoted because I know that they have They've been given a huge amount of backing, so it would just be great to to have another team that is able to do that. And, you know, I think that the more it looks like a, a Premier League with teams that have reputable names and good setups, then it's, it's hopefully going to go from strength to strength. Well, the thing is, when you look at, I mean, even this season, there's the highlight show started on BBC and the viewing figures for that have been unbelievable. Yeah. 
there's a demand there. That's great. That's, oh, yeah, like it, that's really it, great to hear. On a couple of occasions, I think it, it was possibly more, or it was more, I know that, um, more than the sports scene programme that was on at 7.30 covering the men's highlights. The viewing figures for the women's show was was greater. So, you know, anybody that thinks there's no, no demand there for women's football, then, you know, that blows that out of the water. What you need is consistent coverage and, and certainly having teams like Aberdeen, Hearts doing the same, um, back in their sides, investing, putting a bit of funding in there to give the, the players an opportunity to be the best that they possibly can, then that improves the product that is then televised and it's visual and, and there for people to Agreed. follow and see. Love that. Right, what about this? Euro 2020 right. on the horizon. And the countdown is on. We've been there as players. We've been at a Euros. I'm absolutely buzzing about being a fan <laughs> at this tournament. I swear to God, like, I remember 98, the World Cup. I remember being a kid, we probably spoke about it countless times, rushing home. Mum had organised the Scotland party in the house. Everywhere was mm-hmm. decorated. We had the Scotland tops on. Snacks were out. Football was getting launched up and down the living room. And we've waited this long to see it happen again. And as an adult, I am... Honestly, as equally as excited as I was back then as a nine-year-old. Well, I'm right there with you. I don't think, I think I just, it's vague memories for me. It's not, I can't even really draw a clear memory. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I obviously can't wait too. What about I the friends? Go on then. What about the friendly games? Did you watch much of them? Netherlands and, and Luxembourg? I haven't, I didn't catch... The, f- the full game of both games but I did see I did see bits and I definitely saw the highlights um, and pretty solid start I think we'll take a lot from that the boys were absolutely popping it against the Netherlands at times like I was which is it. quite incredible when yeah. you look at the I don't mean to say that the players who were playing aren't going to play but there was big players missing you know the likes yeah. of McGinn and McTominay who you'd say are two players who have been so fundamental to mm-hmm. how we've got to the tournament. Um, but just, so, again, it's just so exciting. It's so exciting. It's just great to see us have the depth and, and just know we're not just turning up. This is, we have a style and yeah. we can get after it. No, there is. There's loads, so many positives. I mean, what I loved about it was two different formations within it, two different systems where yeah. you've seen Scotland dropping off sitting in compact and deep then another hand at one point I'm watching him as a front three going and pressing the Netherlands in possession like that's where the goal yeah. comes for Jack Henry as a centre-back steps in wins it and then thinks and I'm having this and go <laughs> you know and it, you could just see there was like an air of confidence within the group I don't know if that's yeah. come from maybe just having a bit more time together and Steve Clark being able to get his message across or almost just that feeling that you can maybe relate to it as well but I know how I felt once I had made the squad for the Euros and for the World Cup like you kind of feel like there's a you breathe a little yeah, yeah. And there's course, a weight comes off a little bit of course you're worried like in the friendly match you don't want to pick up an injury you don't want to miss the tournament but you you just feel like the focus changes it, it, the focus isn't there about making the squad and improving your point it's about enjoying the moment, expressing yourself. And I kind of felt like you could see that in the players, which, you know, I was actually happy for them because I thought you deserve it. You's, you've worked hard. You've worked hard. Yeah. Um, you've come through and 
Um, it's it's going to be class. So we kick it off on Monday. The tournament kicks off, I think, Friday night, isn't it? Or Friday afternoon. Yeah. Friday and then, yeah. yeah, Monday is the first game against the Czechs, which I think that will be interesting because the Czechs have gone for probably being a pretty strong side. They're now without Kudela because of his ban for his um, racist remarks against Kamara yeah. in that uh, Champions League game. So they're without him and, and he was instrumental within their squad. And I listened to a Czech journalist the other day saying they've got problems at centre-back. They get battered 4-0 off Italy, who of course are a strong side. Yeah. But I think, you know, you've got real optimism there going into the first game and, and thinking we could probably yeah. nail three points here. That's what I feel, but I almost feel like that maybe makes a tough first game because mm-hmm. you obviously know that the England and Croatia games will be will be hard and that you're playing two teams that um are obviously going to be be difficult to play against but no I agree I think off the back of the last two results anyway you know the Luxembourg game was a bit different but just I, I agree you can see the confidence we have a style we have a system um and I like the fact I, there's I options and there's options Agreed. within the team as well. You know, when you're looking at players like you've got Shea Adams that scored confidence, you've got Kevin Nisbet that's come on, scored confidence. Then in that, you've got Lyndon Dykes, like what you know he it's can do so and good. what he can produce. Yeah. And then within that, you've got options in the left side, you've got options in the right side, having James Forrest back in. Um, yeah. You've got Steady Eddie and Stephen O'Donnell and probably what he can produce at centre-back. You know, you've got options, <laughs> you know, you've got options in covering there. <laughs> And then you've yeah. got the young boys that have came into the squad as well, like Turnbull and Gilmer, like that can really just go and, and influence things and just come up with that spark. You know, it almost no. makes me happy when I see that Phil Foden has, has went and got a Gaza before the tournament because nobody's speaking about Scotland. You know, like people are yeah. speaking obviously within Scotland because we're naturally buzzing, but out with that, the, the pressure's not on Scotland to perform right now, you know. It's... I know. I just want to remind you about a conversation we had in the last podcast when all our friends from England wanted to just text us and say they were so glad that we'd qualified. <laughs> so I just want to remind you of that before next week, just so you can have the text, the text ready. So glad, that's right. So yeah, then the amount of banter that's been flying on this uni course this week, well, the boys giving it uh, big licks of England and how they're favourites for the tournament, which, I mean, they can take that, uh, they can carry that can the whole way through if, if they like during this group stage because you can crank up the pressure and we'll enjoy it. We'll lap it up. Um, I, I saw um, someone who we both know, Laura Bassett, had posted uh, something last week and she had the hashtag. She had the wee one, I think, the wee one with England strip yeah. on it is coming home, I know. I thought if so only you. Sure <laughs> the thing is, they've been chasing glory since 1966. The same way we've been chasing glory, or the men have been chasing glory since 1998, just to get back to a tournament. I know. Um, oh, it's, it's very exciting. Um, what about other teams like in the tournament? Have you thought like who could be a potential favourite, maybe, or like what about top goal scorers? Who do you think will be a standout? There's some players who I feel like there's a bit of pressure on. Um, someone like Mbappe. Um, you know, I feel like if France are to do well, he could be influential there. That's tough because Honest- I think there's like, you know, a lot of the teams have, have probably changed personnel a wee bit as well since previous tournaments, like players that we've, we've seen or yeah. expected to do really well that perhaps haven't. I think even when you go into it, like England players are always 
up there like a Harry Kane, you know, be expected to go and produce. You could never write off a Cristiano Ronaldo. As you say, like Mbappe's there as well. Um, but there's just a few that you just think like on their day, or there's always an absolute curveball of a player that just hits the ground running and and this is probably where they'll put their name in lights and, and go and really yeah. showcase like how good they are. It's Agreed. going to be class. Agreed. But then I always feel sometimes like even the Euros is never like a lot of goals that you remember when Portugal won it. And no, so, and they didn't win a game in 90 minutes. Yeah, they just always felt like draws the about all the way through. Like nil-nil draws, one-ones, yeah. like a two-one, just so, so tight. I know. But I'm you need hoping... someone who's maybe taking pens, maybe like De Bruyne, he could... Yeah, uh, Belgium are, are probably yep. in there. Yeah. Belgium have a good team. Out. I know a very, very good, good team. Who's your outside? Who's your outside bet? Who do you think might might sneak their way a bit further than expected? Well, I don't know if it's an outside bet, but I think I mean I spoke about this at the weekend. I was was on a show with with Chris Burke as well, and he was speaking about Italy, and they failed to qualify yeah. for Russia in twenty eighteen. Remember so. They've done an incredible run. Haven't lost for something like two years or something. Yeah, and the more we... As long as that bit is eight games or something. Aye, and the more we spoke about it, I was thinking, you know what, it would be... You could see that story happening. You know, one missed out in the previous tournament, come back, kids, and just go on that run that, you know, Italians at tournaments just, like, know how know. to get a result. Always defensively astute. And they've got, like, an electric front three as well. Yeah. So I think they, for me, could be up there with... Because I don't think you would always necessarily have them as outside... It's, it's dead-on favourite, sorry, because England are going to take that. I think Spain <laughs> and France, you know. Um, <laughs> so for, for me, I fancy Italy. OK. What about you? I'm not sure either. I think Italy is a good bet, but I agree. I don't know that they're like an outside-outside chance because you always know that they can be good at the tournament. Yeah. Now, I'm going to say Scotland. I think maybe we'll get like a little... A sneaky semi-final. How good would that be? Unbelievable. I think you've got to back Scotland to get out of the group, though, for sure. They like, absolutely get out of I the group. I would, too. Yeah. You know, I think we've even seen, from obviously, when we narrowly missed out at the World Cup, how you can, although you have three games, if you can get a result in just one, then mm-hmm. what a huge opportunity that can present itself. And obviously, across the six groups, it goes to 16 teams, so... There's a chance. There's a big chance that you can get out of the group, and from there it's knockout. So, you know, yeah. And not seen. I think we can get a result against any team. It definitely comes down to fine margins, and I think that's what you need to believe. You know, you can never look too yeah. far ahead. I think in international football, because you know, if you set your hopes in three points in the first game, you don't get that. The landscape quickly changes, and then the approach Agreed. to the England game becomes different. And then if you manage to go and get a, a good result from that, then the hope and the optimism is there going into the, the third game and your hopes are alive. But equally, if you, yeah. you perform poorly in the first two games and you don't take much, you've still got that outside chance that right. you can get through. It's, uh, it's why we love it. Yeah, absolutely right. Who's getting the first Scotland goal? Come on. Who's it going to be? I'm going to say McTominay. Header. Corner. I'm going for Che Adams. Okay. Yeah, I think he'll start. He'll start against Czech Republic, and he's going to grab the first goal. Okay, and we're going to kick time will on, tell. Kick on for there. Nine points, three games <laughs> up the road. Well, we don't want to peak too soon. <laughs> <laughs> take, 
Og det gør jeg. Det gør jeg. Så er vel. Så er det et råd. Venten er et It's not what it is. What about yourself, these things? Right, can we officially say that that's us back behind the goals of I've relaunched episode 23? This is it. I think it's episode 24. Is it 24? You've done us out an episode there. Yep. Oh, um, wow. I do believe this is episode 24. Um, Wowzer. So, yes. Thanks very much to the listeners, both those that have returned and those who are new. This is the Behind the Goal show with the Anne Crichton and Rachel Corsi. Catch us over the next few weeks as we'll be chatting all things Scotland and Euro 2020. If you can be bothered, also please subscribe to our show on whatever it is that you use to listen to us. And we would love it if you can also leave us a review. As always, you can reach out to us on our Instagram page at Behind the Goals underscore, I think. Behind the Goals underscore, don't forget that. Otherwise, you'll be pestered in somebody else potentially. Um, for now, <laughs> that's us. And we'll finish off with Come on, Scotland. Come on, Scotland. <laughs> <laughs>